Hey, what's up, everybody? It is Monday, July 4th, 2022, and welcome to a new episode of the Now Mind You podcast. Same day delivery, right? This right. is episode 26, Combat. I'm TJ. I'm Matt. And today, spoilers, we're just going to be covering the UFC card. They was getting their ass whooped, y'all. Violence. Even Sorry. the ones that went to decision were just like, dude, uh, that... There were no split decisions or or majority decisions. It was clear cut. Um, mm-hmm. There was there was one. Well, the first one, right? But well, like, without further ado, let's, let's just, just get, get into it. it. Let's just get into it. You want yeah. you want to take us into uh, the first one? Munoz? Yeah. So our opening bout, we had uh, Pedro Munoz versus Sean O'Malley. Mm-hmm. This was a pretty important fight, uh, both divisionally and career wise. I would say for both guys. Right. Um, Sean O'Malley, 27 years old, you know, got on there from, uh, uh, you know, got on there on the fame of the, the was that the Contender Series he did mm-hmm. his thing? Yeah, got I on there through so. the Contender Series. And, um, you know, pretty much has been trying to make a name for himself uh, in the UFC. Yeah, he did get on the Contender Series. You know, he made his debut at uh, the Ultimate Fighter finale in 2017. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's pretty much gone on a pretty good run of either an impressive decision or a TKO or a KO stop. You know, he I mean, famously had the one fight where he finished on one foot, basically. Um, but damn near every fight he's had has either won him fight of the night or performance of the night. I mean, just to supplement what you're saying, he's literally on or was on a three-fight finishing win streak. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He's no joke. But guys, absolutely no joke. And... um. You know, at the the end of the day, he was dealing with uh, Pedro Munoz, right? Mm -hmm. And Pedro Munoz is a dude that has been around in those bantamweight rankings for quite some time. Mm -hmm. Um, When you're dealing with like a Pedro Munoz, you're talking about a guy who's kind of seen a lot of the ups and downs in the division and a guy that was sitting in the top 10. He's actually uh, ranked number nine at the time with Sean O'Malley uh, at the time also sitting at number 13. So this was a way for Sean to break into the top 10 because a lot had been said about the fact that uh, Sean O'Malley has not had a lot of competition. Um, that, you know, he's pretty much been cut, crushing cans, beating guys that he should be able to beat with the exception of uh, Marlon Vera. Mm-hmm. And, you know, depending on who you ask, Marlon Vera beat him or he didn't beat him. Up to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and... This fight, you know, really was a fight that had a decent amount of stakes to it. So getting into it, we had Pedro Munoz and Sean O'Malley starting off. Pedro's throwing a lot of kicks. You know, the biggest yeah. thing that Pedro needed to worry about was the the reach difference because, you know, Sean's relatively tall for their divisions. Five but 11. he looked like there were, you could see it on in the octagon. Oh, yeah, you could see face. it. But you also got to understand, like, that's just not common for that weight class. 135 pounds and he's 5'11". Yeah. He's six feet with shoes on. Yeah. You like, know? That's like, and how does he cut down to that? I'm not going to rehash that. Yeah. Complain of mine, but it's what it is. <laughs> and then, you know, on the other side, you get Pedro Munoz, 5'6". Mm-hmm. So, you know, he really had to try to play that range game. Um, he's had, you know, he's had a pretty decent, decent enough time, I thought, trying to break that range. Um, but he was just throwing leg kick after leg kick after leg kick. Mm-hmm. He wasn't setting a lot up with his hands, um, which typically I, or just on a objective note, I would have an issue with. But I didn't have a problem with it in this instance because of the snappiness 
and the speed of those kicks. He didn't show a lot of them before he let them loose. Um, again, it wasn't the best technique in the world, but he was, you know, he was working those kicks. Sean was getting his offense in here and there, but for the most part, he was kind of playing the range game, keeping Pedro out, throwing, you know, throwing punches here and there, but not, he was very respectful of Pedro Munoz's power as yeah. well. I think they were both equally respectful um, to each other's power when it came to their first round. I, f- I felt like um, in the first round, too, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, and you kind of see this a little bit in the second round, but like Munoz was just sticking to his game plan in that. A hundred percent. You know, O'Malley is also known for being a ridiculous counter striker, right? And Munoz was, there were a few times where it's like, hey, is it me or is it O'Malley like literally kind of baiting him to try to get him to get in here and scrap? And mm-hmm. Munoz was like, uh, I'm not buying those tickets, homie. Like, you know, I was like, I'm going to stay out here, take the sled kick with you. Um, which I thought was like, you know what? Again, like you pointed out already a few times, like, why are you trying to, like, the, the, it wouldn't make sense for Munoz to try to scrap with someone who's got that much of a reach advantage over him, right? Like the leg kick, the leg kick game was the game to play. Um, yeah. 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 Um, so going into the second round, we also had that like one little moment where he goes to throw a spin kick, he misses it, and Sean kind of just was like, What are you trying to do? Does this little silly <laughs> yeah. spin to make fun of him for doing it. Um, which you know, whatever. It was cool. Um, and that was the end pretty much of that first round. Going into the second round, um, I thought it was I thought honestly, I thought both corners gave pretty good advice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, his Pedro's coaches were telling him to continue with the kicks but to set it up with his hands first, mm-hmm. you know, just so he's not kicking from so far out. Mm-hmm. Um, and to, you know, try to get some of his hand combinations going, but just to keep moving and maybe try to touch his body. And, um, you know, Sean's coaches were telling him essentially the opposite, like keep him on the outside, check those leg kicks, which Sean was checking a, a decent amount of the lowest kicks, like the calf kicks. He was definitely checking a handful of those. Um but I would have given that first round personally to Pedro Munoz just because I felt he was more effective. Yeah. Um, just during the time that he was competing, I felt like he was more effective. Um, and then kind of just midway through the second round, you know, Sean being pretty much most taller fighters, right? Keeping those hands out, kind of trying to keep that range established and keep it out there. He um, He accidentally pokes... Pedro Munoz in the eye and the eye poke is bad enough to stop the fight and the fight right. is ruled uh, a draw. Right. Um, also, if you even look through the, look at the numbers uh, for both guys, you know, the numbers were relatively close mm-hmm. as well. You know, the end of this fight was 26 total strikes uh, for Pedro Munoz, 25 total strikes for Sean O'Malley, 47 thrown, 41 thrown. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I thought it was pretty close. It was really anticlimactic. Um, I was kind of lit down by it, but I wasn't upset. Shit happens. You know, you're right. you're in a fight where people can like literally have their fingers free. So, you know, shit like that kind of is is just kind of what you're asking for. Uh, it's right. par for the course. You know, we could... We could go all day talking about how motherfuckers could have different gloves, but that's not what this podcast is about. We just talking about the violence here. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I just, I was just a little sad that it ended like that, but it's, I'm not, I'm also not in a rush for a rematch for either guy. Right. Um, 
you know, just let's just get them both lined up with somebody else and keep it moving. Mm-hmm. And let's see what happens. I thought it was interesting they went with a draw, though. I thought it would just be a flat no contest, but you know, it is yeah. what it is. Yeah. Um, and it's guaranteed that it was not on purpose, too, because if you look at the replay, Oh, yeah, it was a pure accident. Like, pure accident. Sean's fingers were actually pointing up, like not pointing like directly at Pedro's. Like, it's just, yeah, 100% an accident. But yeah, sometimes shit just happens. You know, it's, yeah. that's literally par for a course, man. It's literally just, it's the game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, uh, did you want to, oh shit. Personally, I'm just going to go ahead and, and pre little pre-spoiler. This was the best fight of the night. It me. was literally fight of the to night. To me. It got the fight of the night. Accolade. Hey, I don't care what nobody else said though. I get that two round. It's one of the best fights of the year and it didn't even, you know what, go ahead, TJ. I, I ain't even I think one kick or maybe two kicks were thrown. Uh, and like one, maybe each fighter through yeah. one kick. I want to say um, throughout the two rounds this last, but we got ruthless Robbie Lawler, yeah, Brian Bam Bam Barberina. And before we go even any further, they pointed us out in the comment, uh, the commentators, right? We had uh, John Anik, DC, and Joe Rogan commentating, but it was kind of a fight that was destiny for Brian Barberina because Brian Barberina was talking about how. He met Robbie, uh, Robbie Lawler at one of the fan expos, the first fan expo, and talked about how he was like starting his amateur career. And one day he hoped to fight Robbie Lawler. And listen, dreams come true. Um, mm. you like to say that this was a significant mm. win for Brian Barberina. Yeah, spoiler mm. alert is an understatement. But let me just get into a little bit of uh, fighter data, a bit of a background, if you will. But um, actually, before I even do that, I'm just going to say this. Whenever I think about Robbie Lawler, I just think about his last fight with Rory McDonald and how his lip was literally split in half, man. I'm like, this nigga still wants to fight. <laughs> like, like, he is a different breed. The man's got a Tupac tattoo across his fucking torso, like saying gladiator. I'm like, bro, you got a belly tattoo, you're on something else. Um, but Robbie Lawler, ruthless Robbie Lawler, 40 years old, fighting out of Coconut Creek, Florida, USA, you know, American top team. Uh, yeah. MMA style. This dude made his UFC Octagon debut 20 years ago. Let's talk about it. May 10th, 2002. Let's talk about it. 20 years, bro. 20. That is two decades. Mm-hmm. This man has been fighting. And you know what? He looked good tonight up until, but like he, like. Also, I, let's let's also put out there, Robbie didn't fought everywhere. Yeah. UFC, Strike Force, Pride. Your mom's house. <laughs> your, right. Your mom's backyard, your, your family barbecue. You know what I'm saying? Hey, I'm sure he didn't fought at a cookout before. I wouldn't put it past him. Florida, you know. Yeah. Just so let's know, he been out here. Yeah, uh, dude, 20 years, just in the UFC, right? Mm-hmm. Um, last three fights, I go from uh, least recent to most recent, but uh, took an L to Covington by decision in August of 2019, took an L to Magny by decision in August of 2020, uh, got a knockout victory over, Na- uh, not Nate Diaz, uh, Nick Diaz, sorry. Uh, back in September of 2021, so last year, right? Uh, but yeah, ruthless Robbie Lawler, man. 
that dude is quite literally a legend. Um, I'm, I'm just going to, because how many, how many fights of his are like Hall of Fame status? So, I mean, he won fighter of the year two years in a row. Right. Like he won fighter of the year and fight of the year. He won fight of the year three years in a row. Yeah. 14, 15, and 16. Johnny Hendricks, Rory McDonald, Carlos Condit. Jesus. Mm, dude, those are some names. And he was fighter of the year in 2014. Mm. He's won knockout of the year before. This is violence and Robbie Lawler are pretty much synonymous. Five-time winner of a fighter of the night. You know, welterweight champion before. Mm-hmm. And he's been UFC's fighter of the year two years in a row. And won. And both of those years, he had fighter of the year. Mm-hmm. which was the Johnny Hendricks and Rory McDonald fights, respectively. Those Dude. other ones I named off was his, were his uh, Share Dog Awards. Okay. Where he won fight a year three times. Shout out Share Dog. Um, but if dude. you've had an MMA publication, he won an award for it. I promise <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. Uh, yeah. And then on the other, we just spent this much time on just Robbie Lawler. But we ain't got no slouch on the other end. We got Brian Bam Bam Barberina. Stop right. playing with Barbarina, bro. No, dude, dude is a problem. He's been I, a problem, too. I remember. I feel like he was, like, on some of the earlier UFC fights I used to watch back in the day. 2014, um, baby. Come on. Yeah. Like, Bam Bam, 33 years old, fighting out of the U.S., of course, striking style, made his Octagon debut in 2014, right? Like mm-hmm. you just said, December 13th to be exact, right? Last three fights uh, from least recent to most recent took an L- by decision in July of 2021 to wit, uh, excuse me, got a W by unanimous decision uh, against Weeks in December of 2021 and got a W by split decision uh, against Matt Brown in March of 2022, which I that think- That was another crazy Matt covered. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, I mean, you one. got Matt Brown and then Brian Barberina, like, violent. They were like a mirror image of each other. This it was violent. damn You said it was fight. like, it was like hard to fucking judge and you wouldn't want to be. Yeah. Judge no, I didn't want to be the judge for that fight. I was it. It just really could have went either way. <laughs> I remember you saying specifically, like you had, you'd have to tell some uh, somebody would have to tell you that Matt Brown was in his forties, right? <laughs> like, yeah, bro. Somebody would have had to tell me because I'd have been like, no, nah, who is Young Buddy with the gray? Because he's going crazy <laughs> yeah. right now. Young Buddy with the gray. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to snort. <laughs> like, that's, just, <laughs> so, like, that's a safe space. <laughs> but but uh, getting into it, man. Uh, round one, Barbarina just opening up with leg kicks, and Lawler's like with leg kicks, dude. Uh, wait, no, he didn't open up. But he threw that might have been the only kick he threw. But he yeah, opened up the round say, like I said, you said with kicks with an ass with a leg kick, right? That was like the yeah. single singular kick he threw. I think Lawler had like a head kick at some point, but that's neither here nor there. This was mostly about hands. Um. Mm-hmm. Dude, the body shots that Lawler was on, and bro, he kept on, like this. This is why I was low key kind of surprised that it ended the way it did, because Lawler's head movement, his defense, and his boxing was phenomenal. I think mm-hmm. um, uppercuts, sending up his hands, weaving like moving his body in such a way where he was not only dodging the punches, but deflecting them. So it's like Brian Barberina. If you saw, said, if you've ever seen when he fought uh, Rafael Dos Anjos, that was kind of the first time he showed that. Brian Barberina. Okay. Brian Barberina 
just to give you guys an idea of like why I think this was so impressive from Lawler, but also Barbarina, he threw 190 punches in the first round. Oh, wait till, I wait till I tell y'all the numbers at the end of this. I started calling this man infinite hands off That's of the fair. first off of the first round, bro. Like, like Lawler's defense was good, but I put in my notes, Barbarina's got like these 37-piece combos, man, with a biscuit. And they weren't even necessarily like landing hard per se. Maybe it was just like accumulating points, but it's like, you know, if your offense is never ending, you're not necessarily giving somebody a chance to like get one off on you either, right? Like sometimes Mm -hmm. the best defense is offense, but I'm just like, these men's, these men had somewhere to be, whatever the outcome of the fight was. Like Lawler was like, bro, I got got something I need to go. (laughs) Sometimes motherfuckers be in a rush to Yugi. <laughs> See, sometimes it's not the other side. It, it's like it's the stuff you say in the cut, and I just catch <laughs> the end of it that like gets me to stop. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm sorry. <laughs> Shadow rope, Yugi. The Phantom Zone. Uh, yeah, for real. <laughs> but like, no, that being said, these gentlemen had places to be. They're like, hey, I know what you're about. You know what I'm about. Why are we wasting time throwing kick? <laughs> right? Like, let's just let's just get to it and throw these hands, man. And that's what they did. Now, round one, hand city. It looked like it was pretty man. evenly matched. I would have even potentially given round one to Lawler. Cause Give he, me a hand. he stunned, he stunned Barbarina a few times, and it happened again in round two. But round two, bro. So hold on. So I, I do want to point something out on that real quick. So this is a fun fact. Sorry, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, um, no, no, I was clearing my throat. You good? <laughs> sorry. Um. So there's a fact that always I always think about this, right? Mm-hmm. Um. Big John McCarthy did an interview before where he talks about the Roy McDonald Robbie Lawler fight, right? And one thing, and this is kind of a constant if, if you watch Robbie fights, he's not really a volume dude, but he throws, when he does throw, it's usually really impactful and it hits in good spots. Yeah. And he said, like, if you remember those fights, very similar to this, Roy was, he was going, his combos and all that. And he was saying, like, the sound that Roy's punches made were one thing. He said, but when Robbie was hitting Roy, there wasn't a sound. It was just like, it was like you could just hear the impact like it was just heavy yeah and that was kind of like reverberated on like yeah yeah it was like for every i damn near i'm not even saying this to be funny like it felt like for every 15 punches brandon barbarina hit him with he had one that was equal to all of that yeah because i can can understand the the visual damage between the two of them Jeez. I'm telling you, yeah. TJ, when I tell you the numbers at the end of this fight, you're going to be pissed off. Like, <laughs> it's not even going to make sense to you. Just I, Regardless of that, for you, even for listeners, when I even go over the numbers, like, keep that in mind. But TJ, go ahead. Just to supplement that a little bit, though, like, you look at the end, even though it ended the way it did, like, Barbarina looked like he took most of the damage. I'm just going to say that. Barbarina looked like he got hit by a bus. Yeah. <laughs> like, Lawler did not look like... They didn't look like they were in the same fight. And it's like... It was another one of the situations where it's like, the winner didn't look like the winner. But if you watch the fight, you'll understand that cost? the winner was the winner. <laughs> 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 At what cost? 
<laughs> oh my god! Oh shit! So yeah, I want the fight, but my lifespan, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like <laughs> he gonna go home to his kids, and like <laughs> he's gonna be fine. Uh, uh. Sorry. Oh, Sorry. I'm all right. I'm I'm done. I'm done. For real. Uh, <laughs> I. <laughs> but listen, round two. Almost the same patterns. Like they both know they're scrappers and they both know what they wanted. Um, but mm-hmm. at some point, what I, I can't remember if it was, uh, bu- 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 was it an elbow or the right hook? No, it was. I think it was. I think it was the right hook, and then the short. Like uh, he throws like an elbow. Oh, you like, talking about what? What was the yeah? What turned of the, the tide? What turned the tide? Was it? It was. Uh, it was, was the, elbow. the elbow. It was yeah. the hook into the elbow because yeah, yeah. he was fighting him on the inside. Yeah, and then it's like you just see like Lawler's. He's not quite on spaghetti legs per se, but it's like you can see that it did some damage, and he just never got a chance to recover. And being the scrappers they are, right? You know, once there's blood in the water, they're gonna capitalize on it, right? Um, Barbarina just kept capitalizing on it, capitalizing on, capitalizing on it, piling on, and like, dude, uh, standing TKO. I, I I didn't even say it was like a standing KO because Lawler looked pretty out of it. Um, but you know, the ref intervened, so TKO. Uh, I'm gonna just start calling Brian Infinite Hands. That, the that's brawler, what I'm say. man. God damn, what Brian Barbarina? He was. So the one of the things we also have to note, <clears throat> regardless of the fact that he has this crazy output, is let's just just so we keeping it clear for everybody, his output isn't all real shots. And I'm not not saying that they aren't real shots. Like you definitely don't want to let a guy pepper your face with a punch. But, but it's it's like rhythmic in a sense. Where yeah, it's, he's it's picking like, his bah, 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 where boom. he's going heavy. Yeah. yeah. But the thing that comes with dealing with somebody with that type of style is those light punches are bait are all set up because mm-hmm. if you try to interrupt that, you're going to get countered. And mm-hmm. if you allow it, then a heavy shot is going to follow. So you're mm-hmm. kind of screwed in both situ- in both scenarios, especially when you have somebody that can keep that up. Yeah. It um, funnels you in a sense. Yeah. You get, yeah, you basically get put in the funnel and let's just, if we're being honest, they Robbie rocked Brian Barbarina at least several times, several times. Even in that second round, I'm telling you, well I didn't even. First I didn't. I did not expect that outcome because Lawler looked good, dude. Yeah, that wasn't how it was going. It was yeah. going one way, but that's you know that's where it, that's the where it game. comes back. Where it's yeah. like you know, it only really takes one. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was consistently landing that hook over the top uh, on that side because that's with the type of defense that Robbie Lawler was using, that's typically where his shoulder would have been able to roll some of those shots. Mm-hmm. And eventually he was kind of getting his hand up on that side. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just as a general rule of thumb, he did get, you know, he was caught on the side repeatedly and eventually that paid dividends for him, um, you know, unfortunately. But it is what it is, you know? I mean, look, at the end of the day, Robbie Lawler's already going to be a Hall of Famer. He's 40 years old. 20 years in the UFC. 20 years in a game fighting Brian Barbarino, who really has just been on a run. And I I just want to see more out of Brian at this point, really. You know, so it'd be, I'd be very curious to see um, where he goes next. Um, I don't know necessarily if I want Robbie to hang it up. 
it but, looks like he's still got some 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 left in him though. Like let's yeah, be it looks real, like he, he looks good. definitely yeah. He is, he great. got caught. Yeah, he looked great. You know he he retired Nick in their middleweight fight. That was fine, and I mean he looked great in that fight. Yeah, I I thought he looked good in the Neil Magny and in the Kobe fights, and I he damn near can't even say nothing about the Kobe one because he looked like everybody looks against Kobe. Right. Um, the Ben Askren was questionable. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, I think it really can go either way. I would love to see him kind of just get back to his winning ways, though. I think that would be good to see. Or or if not, you know, let him have like one more little farewell fight or what have you. And then, you know, we can just go from there. As long as he goes out on his own terms. As long right? as it's on his own terms. Let me go to these numbers real quick before we go to this next fight. Uh, let me put a helmet on real quick. Yeah, get ready for this. Um, Brian Barberina threw 317 strikes over the course of those two rounds. I'm sorry. You said he threw... 317. There were only two rounds, and the second round... The second round didn't didn't finish. didn't even make it to the end. 317. He landed 148 strikes. That just seems disrespectful. It seems disrespectful, (laughs) but what really seems disrespectful is... Robbie Lawler only threw 141 strikes and he landed 81 of those. <laughs> yeah, but then if you put like the power differential into play, like no, but that's what I'm saying. Like, like the connect percentage was higher for Robbie. Then you look at what they both look like at the end of the fight. Like, yeah, oh, you shit. damn near would be like, damn, like the numbers. Wait, you, you sure those are the correct numbers? Yeah, <laughs> I man. feel like Lawler threw the 300. No, that's like, how the shit look, right? Yeah. But you know. Uh, they, well, the no, that was disrespectful. Yeah. yeah, the numbers was disrespectful. Um, speaking of disrespect, take us so, into Strickland versus Pereira. <laughs> the next fight we had, we had uh, Sean Strickland versus Alex Pereira. Now, I'm just gonna get into a little background. We got Sean Strickland, 31 years old, uh, you know, North Carolina guy, and he pretty much is once he got into the UFC, pretty much kind of started making a name for himself. Not necessarily right away, but really within like the last few years, I would say kind of during the pandemic mm-hmm. was really when he started to come into his own. Um, Sean Strickland has been in the UFC since 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he uh, debuted with a submission victory um, on a, a UFC pay-per-view, fortunate enough for him. You know, he's got a chance to get a few different decisions, some KOs and stuff, but here lately, he had been on a run, he got a TKO decision, TKO, three more decisions over some, some pretty impressive uh, talent, um, including, you know, Jack Hermanson and Uriah Hall, which led him yep. to Alex Pahea. Now, this pretty much put him in a position to fight in what would be considered a, a it wasn't said, but it essentially was said that this was going to be a title eliminator. Right. I mean, because Adesanya has essentially, uh, especially after tonight, somewhat cleaned out the division. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, yeah, these would be like whoever's left. On the other end, we have Alex Pahea. Now, Alex Pahea, not even ranked in the top 10 in the UFC. And he was walking in there five and one in a title eliminator. How the fuck did he do that? Well, Here's with the, the exception of one fight, in the UFC. Well, this is this being his third UFC fight, he was in a mm-hmm. title eliminator. So I'll run this back. With the exception of one fight out of all of his MMA wins, they have all been KOs. Yep. 
Number two. Who does he have Alex the K Bahia. over? <laughs> oh, hold on. We're going to get there. No, that wasn't an MMA. Um, number two, Alex Bahia is one of the most decorated kickboxers to step into MMA, just given his kickboxing background. Mm-hmm. And he was one of the really kind of one of the anchors of glory kickboxing for a while and was pretty much dominating their middleweight and light heavyweight divisions. Mm-hmm. Um, he even became like a double champ where he was defending both titles. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. and he was defending both during the year. Like in 2019, he had three title defenses in two different weight classes. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like this mm-hmm. guy's, you know, it's not a joke. And he's known for he's his nickname is Stonehand. Poata. Yeah. Yeah. Poatan, which means hands of stone or stone hand, uh, because he is a Brazilian gentleman. I mean, that was on display. Yeah, it was definitely on display. If you've ever seen him fight, it's always on display. Um, so he also, during his kickboxing days, he owns a dun, flat dun, dun. KO victory over the current middleweight champion, Israel dun, dun, dun. Yep. So that story kind of wrote itself. Sean Strickland had been on a streak, and it looked like it was his time. And right Alex Pahea, he felt like it was his time as well. They lined them both up. Uh, this was, a, again, this was a huge step up for Alex Pahea. If, you know, if this would have went wrong, you know, this could have went any number of ways for him because, again, he was completely unranked. And at that point, Sean Strickland had, you know, essentially lined himself up. He yeah. was number four. He was lined up for a shot. He was number four in a division where the champion has already taken out the other people in front of him twice. Yeah. So it pretty much was his shot. And he had everything to lose, and he lost it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not trying to say that to be funny. not saying that to poke at him. Um, this was, this was real quick, you know, uh, Alex Bahia fulfilled his, his obligation, uh, and he made sure that Sean Strickland made it to his appointment with the shadow round. Cause that's where he sent them. Dude. Um, nah, bro. That was, was crazy. It, it was a it's appointment with the shadow realm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was, he was, listen, this man yeah. was. Throwing punches, Sean Strickland, I'm referring to. Throwing mm-hmm. punches, throwing kicks. Oh, it's he was just, one. <laughs> oh, yeah, he was just pushing forward, pushing forward, pushing forward. and But he was moving. You know, he wasn't uh, being a stationary target. Alex Pahel was, you know, just trying to find his range, trying to find his distance. He was kind of doing something that you see a lot with, uh, with really high-level strikers and especially kickboxers. They wait. You know, especially a big parts of those first rounds, unless they kind of see some reading. Yeah. Yeah. Just just getting reads, seeing what's happening, trying to understand the person that they're fighting, um, you know, in person, you know, despite how training camps and things like that go. Right. Um, Alex was able to get like a decent little kickboxing combo off, like, you know, a little one two leg kick, you know, body kick. Sean Strickland step, step, step. And instead of pivoting what Alex Bahia did was he posted his back foot behind him, mm-hmm. he twisted, and he just whipped this left hook that, uh, that came express straight from hell and went yeah. right to Sean Strickland's jaw. Sean almost uh-huh. immediately hits the ground, tries to get up, two right hands to the face, that's it. That was the end of the fight uh, with like two minutes into the first round. It was over, yeah. one and done, and Alex Bahia 
uh, essentially was crowned right then as the next challenger for uh, Israel Adesanya, who we yep. would eventually see compete later that night. Mm-hmm. Um, speedy recovery, Sean Strickland. I'm shit. He's fine now. He's already been posting videos and stuff. And you know, he was pretty much out on his feet. He mm-hmm. wasn't asleep, um, but there was no way that he was going to be able to continue to fight. You know, if any referee that would have allowed him to continue to fight after that would have just been irresponsible because he would have just been there to take damage. Shit, which really was evident in the fact that he took those two straight rights on his way back down to the ground, you know, while the referee was trying to get in between them. Yeah. So only so much could be done. Um, What were your thoughts? I have none to add. Well, if you want to add. (laughs) I I got none to add, man. Like that, that, That was just what it was. Uh, it spoke for itself. <laughs> yeah, man. It really did. Um, if you if you want to, man, let's let's get into our next one. This was but for main, me personally, this main. was the fight I looked I was looking forward to the most on this card. Uh Volkanovsky uh, versus Holloway. Yeah. Featherweight bout. Mm-hmm. Uh their third me. meeting. Mm-hmm. Right. This was the one that was either going to close off. Any talk about these these this matchup in particular going forward, or open up an avenue for more matches, right? Because Holly won this one, there would have been two one, which you could argue, right? Would be like, I mean, two one. Okay, but so for for, second, for those of second you, meetup was contentious. Let's just let me that. just let me just give a small background on a second meetup because this is a significant thing to say, right? The second time they fought, the general opinion. Holloway won. Was that Holloway won? However, the judges gave it to uh, Volkanovski. Now, in any other case, this wouldn't be something necessarily relevant to talk about, but the talk and the chatter was that high that he won. It was so strict. Not strict, but it was so instringent, in fact. Not only did it force another meetup, DraftKings refunded people who lost money on that fight. Oh. Yeah. I did not know that. Some betting sites refunded people who lost their money on Max losing that last fight. I did not know. To me, that is a very significant thing to point out. Because (laughs) a company giving back money? sites are not (laughs) giving you a damn thing back. But they're like, you know what, y'all, you're right. (laughs) So I just thought I would point that out. That's a good call out. I just wanted to put that out there. That's a good call out. Just for those who didn't know. All right, so let's go into some brief fighter data, right? Alexander the Great Volkanovsky, 33 years old, fighting out of Australia, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, MMA background, right? Fun, Funny thing, too, is like the guy used to play rugby. Um, 200 pounds, bro. But Insane. Yeah. Uh, made his Octagon debut October 15, 2016. Last three fights, straight dubs, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, least recent. He's undefeated in the UFC. Holloway, too. That's a good call out. Uh, his second meetup with Holloway back in June of 2020. Got that dub by split decision. Ortega in September 2021. Got that dub by unanimous decision. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah. Unanimous decision. And then we covered this on the podcast. Yeah. Back in April 2022 versus the Korean zombie, Chan Sung Jung got that W via KOTK. We thought in that podcast that he hit another level. Boy, wait until you hear what we got to say about this. Uh, Max Bless Holloway, 30 years old, USA, representing Hawaii, strong. Uh, mm-hmm. Man's got Hawaii on his back at all times, right? Muay Thai stylist, right? Made his octagon debut back in 2012, February 4th to be exact. Last three fights. 
obviously took the L to Volkanovski back in June of 2020. Um, the disputed L, let's put it that way. Got the dub via decision against Cater, Calvin Cater, back in January 2021. Uh, and got a dub by United's position to Rodriguez back in November of 2021. Um, let's just get into this. And I'm not even going to go round Also, round. Max holds damn near every record in a division. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. Wanna, I don't even want to talk about the numbers, yeah. bro, because it's, it's too much. But go ahead. I'm not even going to go round by round, man. I'm just going to say. Well, it's fair. I think we should. I think, I, I, I think I, for both of these fights, I'm sorry not to cut you off. For yeah. this and the main event, I think we should approach both of them as a complete holistically, package. Yeah, yeah, holistically. I just thought Volkanovski, I don't know how he did it, but he got even faster and even more dominant. Like, if it were anyone else, this one have gone five rounds. I think because Holloway has such a crazy chin, um, Hawaii, it, it, it went the to the Islanders, it went to the not regular. Five, yeah, it went to the to the fifth round. But it's like, let me tell you something. When I say this was complete dominance, he made Holloway look slow, dude. And then that nasty cut, uh, he got, he got that I, shit in the first round. Shout out to Holloway's cut, man. But like, dude. When I think what was it round two or round three during the in, in between rounds like the 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 corner or whatever when his cut man took his thumb off and I saw it like the gash I was like oh my god <laughs> like 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 just like yo this was like on the same level as Lawler split lip to me oh like that thing was nasty but anyway back to Volkanovski man like we saw the ultra instinct. I'll say like it's like tournament of power ultra instinct Volkanovski and uh versus uh Korean zombie, right? Like like not that he had just unlocked it, it was just okay, he's literally he's literally like he, he can't be touched, right? Like he was he was like was, 16 moves ahead of yeah of versus Chance on John. John. And right? I wouldn't say this one was as bad as the chance on John one. Right, but I'm just like, okay, he got a little touch in this fight, right? Because he got that, like, little uh, cut under his, I want to say his left eye. But that was it. Like, that was all the damage he took uh, in the fight. Like, there was blood on him, but it was Max's. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it it was so, it, I don't even know how to describe this. It was just dominant, man. Um, even, even during the fence wrestling, like the clinch ups, it's like Max didn't really have anything for him, bro. Um, mm -hmm. it, it was just, yeah, he, he took it up a notch. Like you saw immediately in the first round, like, oh, Holloway just threw two or three punches, like Volkanovsky's 15. Volkanovsky is already gone by the time Holloway threw a combo. Volkanovsky already moved his head. He already weaved and was out of the way before Max could get anything off, right? Mm -hmm. And fun fact too, it's like, I think, uh, no, not that I think, Israel and Volkanovski are teammates. Yeah, they, they got to train together for this camp. And you could tell that they got to train together. It was just like- yeah, Israel brought that up too? Yeah. It was different, man. Uh, Matt, what were your thoughts? I, I, I was just like, this is just domination. What'd you think? Yeah. Um, Look, man, coming from an even an, an objective perspective, right? You know, yeah. I don't I wear my favorites on my sleeve. I love Max Holloway. Mm -hmm. I, I like Alexander Volkanovsky. I'm just not as big of a fan. Mm -hmm. However, there's nobody touching him. Yeah. Not right now. Like you literally looked at the comments, it's like, what now? You know? Yeah, listen, like 
to beat the names that he's beat in this weight class, it damn near speaks for itself. To go undefeated in the UFC, period. You know what I'm saying? We're this is the class about, that contains Jose Aldo. Yeah, he beat Darren Elkins in a decision. He TKO Chad Mendez. He beat Jose Aldo and Max Holloway back to back. He beat Brian Ortega and Chan, Chan Sun Jung, mm-hmm. the Korean zombie. Mm-hmm. Like he beat everybody that's around. You know, I know the words that the word has been. He, you know, he might be talking going about up. going up to fifty five, and yeah. you know, in most cases, I would be like, eh, I don't know, but we know that he carries a larger frame. He's fought at lightweight before. He used to play rugby <laughs> at two hundred yeah, pounds. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and he's fought at lightweight before. Yeah. Um, you know, he's won a lightweight championship in, in two other promotions. So, you know what I'm saying? I, I would, I damn near would be curious just to see what it would look like. I think he should take, if he's going to do that, he should take some time and let his body get there. But hey, who am I to tell him? We don't know how he's how to do his thing. <laughs> yeah, now, like, right. Now, we don't know go how to he's the fight that. specifically, mm-hmm. like, let me just point this out. Like, this wasn't, this wasn't a situation where it was like, oh, Max might have had an off night. No. The numbers will still read the way that they always read for any Max fight. A- excess of 300 strikes thrown. You know what I'm saying? Over oh, the course of, wow. Yeah. He threw an excess of, he threw 335 strikes <laughs> over the course of that fight. And he landed uh, like 161 of those strikes. Volkanovski threw 377, but he landed 204. You know what I'm saying? And of those 204, nearly 200 of them were significant strikes. And for anybody who doesn't know, significant strikes is anything that's not a jab. Come on, man. But of Max's, he had 127. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, um, Were they significant, though? Because Volkanovski looked like he barely got a scratch on him. Yeah, he had three. Maybe they just hit his, like, key. (laughs) Right. Yeah, they just hit his aura. (laughs) Sorry. He had no, 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 man. I love it. He had like three takedown attempts, none of which went through. Mm-mm. Um, it just seemed like again, he kind of did him how he did Chan Song Jung. I would just say it wasn't as bad, not only because of the toughness, but just because Max is a slow, you but, know what I'm saying, man, which is what made this even more significant. I was questioning his speed. <laughs> Because he made a fast like, guy look slow. Yeah, I was like, yo, what is this? Um, but he solidified that he's the man at 45. Is he the man of all time? You know, that's for other people to decide. And I, I've liked what his response to that was, which is that as well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and I think time will only tell how much further he can go. And um, I think I think we would be remiss, too, if we didn't acknowledge that. It's like, dude, he was fighting in enemy territory. Yeah. He came out to booze and still was able to bust out a performance like that. Mm-hmm. Like, there's something to be said about his like mental fortitude, right? Like, that's like the stuff you were saying to the camera was like, they were booing me, but I want to tell this to everybody at home. Like, I, I think the thing too that uh that I really enjoyed, and honestly, it's like I was like kind of neutral when it comes to Volkanovsky, but this may have made me a fan of his. What he mm-hmm. said to the camera, like, even though he was hearing all these boos, he was like, I know those of you at home probably referring to Australia. I know you guys are cheering for me. I can feel it. I can hear it. I know you guys are cheering for me. Like the dude, his like his mental state, like he was probably already in the flow zone in all honesty. Uh, as soon as he like 
like probably even before he made his walkout. That's all I'm gonna say. Mm-hmm. Um, the man also strong mind. Um, also, just want to point out, uh, Volkanovski also said that he broke his hand in this fight in the second round. You you'd have to tell me that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, he he, he said it in the post fight. Uh, they said he pretty he was pretty sure it was broken. And he said it I pretty like he tell. smoked his hand in the in the right in his right hand in the second round. Mm. Um, yeah, and you're yeah, absolutely you right. If you would have seen it, yeah. you would have <laughs> known. Uh, but and I think that just makes his performance that much more, you know, incredible. Uh, yeah. Just the fact that he was able to pull that off, 100 percent with a broken hand. Like yeah, with a broken hand. Huh. Um, we're going to get into this last one. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So our last fight on the card was our main event. It was our championship fight. Uh, well, it was our other championship fight. Mm-hmm. It was Israel Adesanya, and Israel was going against Jared Cannonier. Now, both guys have pretty interesting stories as as far as how they got there, right? Um, on one end, you have Israel Adesanya, pretty much of the the most. I would I would dare say between him and Volkanovski, but really I put it to him more than Volkanovski. So never mind that. Um, I'd say he's the most dominant champion of the current era. Mm. Uh, at least of the current crop of MMA fighters, right? Mm-hmm. Because he won that interim back in 2019, unified it at the end of that year, and he's defended it five times now. Mm. Um, at shit, really, is between him and Kamaru Usman, as far as where who, does Shevchenko uh, stand uh, in those in the in that list too? No, like so the reason, the only reason she's nominant too, I would say. The only reason I'm I'm throwing him out there is because he's lapped his division. Oh, okay. okay you get what I'm saying? You. Yeah, yeah. No, the last no, few were like re, were rematches. Yeah. Yeah. It's no yeah. it's no shade to Valentina. Valentina mm-hmm. is just like who's getting fed to me next. <laughs> I think she's probably the most dominant champion right now. Mm-hmm. But I, the reason I just and I don't want to downplay her division or anything like that. But I think not even really to downplay any of the fighters. But when you just look at the guys. Like you look at the resumes of the people Israel's had to fight versus the resumes of the people that Valentina's had to dominate. Right, right. Um, notice what what words I use there. <laughs> right, right, um, right, right, right. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just saying of the current Say era less. of people. Yeah. He's at, and even still, we, we can just go performance based if we go based off they this one and her last one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this was another one. We'll we'll get to that in a second. So you got Israel Adesanya, came into UFC, pretty much has set it on fire the minute Mm -hmm. he got there. And on the other end of that spectrum, you have uh, Jared Cannonier. Jared Cannonier is, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He's kind of a nomad when it comes to divisions, right? Um, And I mean this in the most respectful way possible. You know, it's a guy that's coming from Alaska. um, And what I mean by nomad is this is a man who started out as a heavyweight. Mm-hmm. Um, has even won in a heavyweight championship in you know in his career, not in the UFC, but still he's won it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And um, he has wins in heavyweight, light heavyweight, and middleweight, which is how he got here. Um, yeah. Once he got to middleweight, which seemingly it seems to have been his weight class, um, he walk right away walks into. T- three back-to-back TKO victories um, off David Branch, Anderson Silva, and Jack Hermanson. And um, 
and this is back when Jack Hermanson was at middleweight, who's he's at welterweight now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, well, no, 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 he moved back up to middleweight. Anyway, it's not about Jack Hermanson. Uh, Jared Cannonier takes a loss in a title eliminator to uh, Robert Whitaker, which mm-hmm. is what afforded Whitaker that second shot at Israel. Um, and even then, which was back in 2020, that's crazy, right? That was two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, even back then in 2020, Israel was calling for this fight. He called Jared Cannonier the dark horse of their division a really long time ago. That is true. Was like, I won't be surprised if I end up having to fight him for the title before I'm done. And, you know, his words came to pass. Uh, Jared Cannonier was coming off two really, really impressive performances um, off two pretty much of Israel's previous opponents, which who hasn't been one of Israel's opponents. Mm-hmm. Shit, of all the people I've named, it's only of the last few people I've named, only two of these people Israel hasn't fought, which is Jack Manson and David Branch. And David Branch isn't even in the UFC anymore. Right. Um. But yeah, so after defeating Kelvin Gaslam and getting a, a pretty, pretty much a statement KO back in February over Derek Bronson, he called his shot and he got it. And man, one-way traffic kind of is the, the best way I would describe it. Um, it wasn't, to me, it was just really a technical, just pick a guy apart for five rounds. Israel never really landed something super significant, stayed careful. Um, and I think that's not to say Jared Cannonier did nothing, but he was almost primarily nullified um, in most of his offense. The I feel like he only had success where he did that hybrid takedown but it was really a level change but instead of really going for the takedown it's like i'm gonna just punch you to the fence and fence wrestle you that's when he had the most success but it's like i don't even think he really wanted to pursue a takedown it was just like i'm gonna try to use my strength up against this fence and slow you down if not for a little bit you know yeah it was the best way he could try to get some offense off um israel was just it was a lot of footwork a lot of movement Style um, bending. Style yeah, bender's going to style, style bender. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. He just, he seemingly was touching Jared Cannonier at will, but carefully because Jared, Jared Cannonier did strong. get his hand. You yeah. know, he's incredibly strong. He got some punches in. Yeah. I'm not going to sit here and say that he didn't. Yeah. But he landed less than 100 significant strikes over the course of five rounds. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not to say he should have landed more than that. Um, but that is to say when you throw 157 uh, significant strikes to only land 90, you know, over the, the course of this fight. And, you know, Israel didn't land too many more than that, but, you know, he threw at a higher clip as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the number numbers wise, Israel actually lost this fight, believe it or not. Uh, if we just talking about percentages landed versus thrown, but mm-hmm. over the course of the actual fight, I mean, there was no real super significant thing. Israel even... Uh, pointed out afterward he said that he was a little off he said he couldn't find his power shots how he wanted to find them but you know so settling for not being able to find your power shots and finding everything else he was able to defend his title against a top contender in one of the tougher divisions in the UFC you know middleweight I don't think really gets talked about as much of a murderer's role as it is. And that mostly, in my opinion, is because its champion has made it appear as if it is not that when it right. is that. Because when right. you see any of these guys fight each other, it's war. But when they, but then fight when they him, get to Israel, it's like, it oh, isn't that at all. <laughs> like, you know, reduced to a 
novice. <laughs> yeah, Israel came out of that fight not looking like he had fought. Um, Jared Cannonier came out mostly just kind of with some bruises I, and swelling. Yeah. Yeah, his eye was pretty swollen just from catching a lot of shots. But overall, man, uh, I mean, I was entertained by it. I really was just just looking at the setups and the movement and the counters and just the misdirection. You know, it's really interesting. One That was one of my favorite things that I was seeing Israel do was that he does a lot of misdirection after his strikes. Mm-hmm. Like, he'll strike, but he won't move in a, condi- a conventional way. You know, even for where a counter strike will go, or even if you weren't going to land a counter strike, like he does things that break tradition. He goes towards the right hand. You know what I'm saying? He With his hands down. Ben's like, style, if you will. Oh, imagine that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He I'm needs sorry. some type of nickname or something for that. <laughs> yeah. The style changer? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> uh, but what, what were your thoughts on the fight? I got nothing to add, dude. Uh, the only thing I'd say is, like, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about his walkout. Uh, huh. Coming out basically like the under... Not it like ain't the, basically. The Undertaker. <laughs> he was the Undertaker during his walkout. I just busted out laughing. <laughs> I was just like, yo. Carrying ashes? Like, my guy, you better win. Like, you know what I'm saying? I was like, you gotta come Man. out like that. He consistently win. has those type of walkouts, right? Where it's like, damn, boy, you better win because you're going to be crazy <laughs> right. as hell if you don't. <laughs> Seriously. Um, but no, it was just, it was just dominance. Like... He never looked worried about it. I'd say, like I pointed out earlier, the only time where Cannoneer had an edge and it looked like Israel was struggling was defense wrestling. And that's mm-hmm. possibly because, like, Cannoneer was physically strong. Like, Israel's definitely the taller fighter, but inside the octagon, Cannoneer was, like, the bigger-looking fighter. I'll just put it that Bro, way. Cannoneer, I, I was like... He was not a middleweight. He was not a middleweight in that, and like, when they were fighting. Like, that dude... It's so wild to me how some people can rehydrate that much. That doesn't like, make any sense, man. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I told you about, about your boy Darren Till. Yeah. Bro, damn near rehydrated to 200 pounds one time. Like, <laughs> like bro, you was 176. So how like are you been, 190? It's been less than 24 hours. Like, <laughs> yeah. But you know, uh, that type of shit just means legitimately motherfuckers starving themselves. That's yeah. 100% all that means. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but now I have nothing to add, dude. It was just um, like Australia and New Zealand, they put on a clinic. That's all I'm going to say. Between um, this fight and the previous uh, championship fight, like it was mm-hmm. just a clinic. They almost had a clean sweep. They was real yeah. close. Yeah. They was real close. They almost had them a clean sweep. Shout out Brad Rydell. Unfortunately, he, he took that sub, but he almost had a clean one. Also, we'd also be remiss to uh to not mention this uh card was this marked the retirement of Cowboy Cerrone. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, he he Looks fought like on the, the prelims as a last minute. Yeah. yeah, no, that's done. He fought on the prelim as a last minute replacement for Jim Miller. Um he was submitted in the second round and he retired. Um he, prior to this he had said that he probably wanted to fight at least three more times to get to 50 fights. And at the conclusion of this fight, and I just I saw this more or less at the post-fight press conference because I didn't get a chance to watch his fight live. Mm-hmm. Um, he said that he just didn't love it anymore. Um, and I think having the career, the length that his career went, oh my goodness. and you know the amount of fights, you know, we the don't damage even, <laughs> the damage. Yeah, the damage that's that's been taken over time. But shit, let's also let's also consider like. MMA is Cowboy's second combat career. 
This is his second combat sporting career. This right. isn't his first one. Like right. he was a pretty well accomplished kickboxer prior to you know doing MMA. Right. And we talking about he was like a wild west, you know, no pun intended, style kickboxer where it was like you would just go get the call and you go over there and go do it. That's how a lot you know of OGs saying? at Daggerberg Academy. Uh, if you, like, I remember listening to some of their stories about like how our grandmaster Fred Degger would be like, hey, you got a fight coming up on Saturday. It's like, dude, it's Friday. You know, you just get the call, yeah. you hop on a plane, you go out the country real quick and just go get in a fight or you go right. out of state and just go get in a fight. So, right. you know, I mean, if we're talking about kickboxing, boxing, Muay Thai. Like he's literally done all of these things. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know, he's been finding some success getting in a handful of movies here and there too. So, hey, you know what I'm saying? Diversify your income. Do what you got to do, Playboy. Exactly. Do what you got to do. Um, but yeah, you know, so congratulations to him on that retirement. He's had some some pretty good moments, some highs, some lows, but he's had a hell of a career, man. Uh, you hate it when guys can't get out on a, um, you hate it when guys can't get out on a win, but you know, this shit, I'm gonna be honest with you, this shit ain't a movie. So no, it's just not. That's how I go. You know, mm-hmm. unfortunately, he walking out of here on like six, seven losses. But, you know, we still have a he has way more highlights than he got lowlights, you know. Right. Right. And I think that's, you know, ultimately, that's very, very important. Um, and yeah, man, that's pretty much all I got to say on it for that. Um, this was a, a great card. Um, thank you, guys. Did you have any other things to say before? Take us out of here, up? bro. You good. All right. <laughs> Thank you guys for checking us out, man. Again, this was our Combat Sports episode. We just got to covering UFC 276. Mm-hmm. Next week, we will be covering UFC Fight Night, Dos Anjos versus uh, Rafael Fizayev. Finally. I did it. I'm swoon. Man, you don't even understand. Y'all don't get it because I'll be trying. Um, and then on the boxing <laughs> side, hey, I'm just saying. Hey. On the boxing side, I'll be covering two other fights. I'll be covering Derek Chisora versus Kurbat Pulev, as well as Mark Masego versus Ray Vargas. Um, those are both on DAZN and Showtime, respectively. Nice. Um, you can follow me at Matt Hambrick, M-A-T-T-H-A-M-B-R-I-C. TJ, where can they find you? Oh, before we get into that, let me just also clarify. When I said finally, it wasn't at Matt's pronunciation of uh, Fizayev's last name. It was mm-hmm. that the fight was going to happen. <laughs> yeah, this fight has been rescheduled so, <laughs> so many, many times. times. Uh, but no, you can find this me. might have been this might be the third time that this yeah. has been booked. Yeah, no, you can find me Tuss Four Skate. That's T U S S number four underscore S K A T E on Instagram, y'all. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can follow us at Now Mind You Pod. Now Mind You Podcast. You look us up. You will be able to find us. I promise you. Mm-hmm. You can find us on Discord. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on L Reddit. Um, you can find us on YouTube. Mm-hmm. You can find us on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts. Uh, what's the Amazon one we got? Amazon Music. Amazon Music. Google, Google Podcasts. Podcast. Anchor, technically, right? Uh, just Anchor. look up Now Mind You Podcast. We, I've checked it myself. Like We will show up as like the first, if not like the first result. Um, yeah, you can find us on YouTube as well. You know, might find me in the kitchen seeing if you got some pork chops or something. You never know. Just never know. (laughs) So tell your people go to the store because I'm hungry. And we'll see y'all next week. Peace, (laughs) y'all. Peace.